What up, folks? I know you're doing great. You don't have to tell me. Welcome to another episode of Glenn for the Win, a sports podcast where we talk about everything sports with your boy. What's going on, folks? You know what time it is. All the grades are in. NFL Draft 2020 has come to an end. Everything is done, finalized, finished, finito, over with. You get what I'm saying. Now I'm here to give you my analysis on everything that happened with the NFL 2020 Draft. So, at this time, what I want you to do, if you're out there listening to me with Glenn for the win, what I want you to do is tell me about your team and how they did in the draft. Let me know what was your favorite pick, what was the pick you didn't like, did your team overreach, and what was your team grade? Let me know. We can discuss it right here on Glenn for the win. So what I'm going to do for you guys today is I'm going to give you my five, five teams that did exceptionally well in the draft, give you a little bit of background on the picks that they made, let you know what grade I gave those teams. I'm also going to give you four of the best sleeper picks in this year's draft. That's right. Four guys that you might not have been looking for that are going to make impacts on a team that they got drafted by. So here we go, my top five 2020 NFL drafts. Starting with number five, the Arizona Cardinals. The reason I give the Arizona Cardinals an A for their draft is they didn't reach for any of their selections. Not only did they not reach for their selection, but they got maximum talent for their selection. So rounds one through seven, every guy that they took was a guy that was supposed to go where he went in the draft with the selection that they got. Um, They took, with the eighth overall pick, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. If you guys have watched any college football this past year, you know exactly who Isaiah Simmons is. The guy is a tremendous playmaker, really, really good. They paired him in the sixth round with the linebacker from Cal, Evan Weaver, another really, really productive, active inside linebacker I expect the Cardinals to instantly have a better defense with these two rookies on the inside. These guys are playmakers. They're active, smart guys who were productive in college. I definitely think the Cardinals nailed their picks. Um, They didn't reach for anybody. They literally got everybody at the spot that they needed to draft them at. Moving on to number four. I have, and I hate to say this, man, because this is everybody's favorite team to hate. The Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, just like the Cardinals, really got everybody in the spot that they needed to get them in. The number one thing you have to do is get more talent on your team. Guys that create mismatches, guys that are productive, guys who give you a distinct advantage on the field. That's what the Cowboys did. 
they didn't have to reach for a player like they normally do each and every year to leave you thinking like, hey, who is this guy at the Cowboys drafting? Everybody who watched college football last year for the last two years, matter of fact, knows who C.D. Lamb is, the receiver out of University of Oklahoma. That was a good pick. That's actually a great pick for where they got him at, at number 17. But their next three picks, Trayvon Diggs, the corner out of Alabama, Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle out of the University of Oklahoma, and also Reggie Robinson II, the cornerback out of Tulsa, were all tremendous picks. But at the bottom end of the draft, they also went out and got the number two center or number three center ranked uh, in this year's draft was Tyler uh, Badiazzi, if I'm saying that right, out of um, Wisconsin. They also had picked up defensive end Bradley Anai out of University of Utah. And they also got a quarterback in the seventh round, which with a weaker quarterback class like this year was, it was best that if you were going to take a quarterback, if you didn't have a top pick, take them late. The Cowboys didn't reach for Jordan Love. They could have did that earlier in the draft. They didn't overreach for any of the uh, quarterbacks in free agency with the situation going on with Dak. They played it smart. Great job, Jerry Jones, getting the quarterback in the seventh round, Ben DiNucci, uh, quarterback out of James Madison. That's my number 14. My number three team, the... Baltimore Ravens. That's right. The rich got richer right here. Baltimore. Uh, they started their draft off with uh, two really good picks. Linebacker Patrick Queen out of LSU and running back J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. But for me, how you win the draft or how you get better is what you do on the back end. James Poche. You guys are going to hear me talk about him in just a little bit. Receiver out of SMU. Absolute steal. He's a smaller guy. He was something that uh, the Ravens were missing last year. A small guy who was really electric after the catch. Marquise Brown is really, really fast. Uh, his hands are not the best, but he's super, super fast, and he gets behind the defense. But they need a smaller receiver uh, to come across, give Lamar uh, a target, let him hit him, and the guy that can create run after the catch with some really, really good hands. That's what they got in James Poche, and they got him in the sixth round so great draft by baltimore they were my third team as far as teams that received the eight number two the minnesota vikings that's right the minnesota vikings did a great job with 15 picks that's right you heard me folks 15 draft picks started with wide receiver justin jefferson at number 22 when you acquire 15 picks in any draft, in the first round, you take a guy that adds value to your team probably more than any guy taken in the first round. They had a need trading Stefan Diggs. They also had a need with letting uh, Laquan Treadwell go in the offseason as well. Justin Jefferson steps in, a guy who can be a day one starter, specifically in the type of offense that they're going to be running in Minnesota. He fills in for Stefan Diggs, and to be quite honest with you, right now he's probably better than Stefan Diggs. So that was a real upgrade. Also, they upgraded their back end with cornerback Jeff Gladney out of TCU and cornerback Cam Dantzler out of Mississippi State. Something that I thought was huge that uh, Minnesota did is they stuck with big schools. They stuck with guys who've been recruited to big schools who played at big schools, who made a difference at big schools. 
similar to Arizona, but they got five, 10 more picks. When you get 15 picks in the draft, you take 15 guys that are all from big schools, all have talent, all were productive. You get yourself a situation where you're going to be deeper than most teams in the NFL and give yourself a chance to win um, off of depth, depth alone. So when the season gets long and guys are banged up, when you can put in your twos and threes and still be able to get mass production out of your team, you did a great job, especially when you don't have to spend the extra money by acquiring these guys through free agency. The, the uh, Vikings did a wonderful job of this. 15 rookies, and let's be honest, if 40% of their draft is good, which is about six guys, if you get six good players out of one draft, you did more than an outstanding job. And I think that at the end of the day, two, three years from now, the Vikings are gonna have four or five guys from this class that are still starting on their team. That's how you stay relevant. That's how you win. Great job, Minnesota. And my number one draft out of the NFL 2020 NFL draft has to go to the LA Chargers. The Chargers didn't make any trades, any ridiculous trades. They did make one trade to get back into the back half of the first round. But with their picks, they went all production, all good players, all big schools. They only had six picks, but they made their six count for a team that is already extremely talented. Think about what Justin Herbert is walking into, who was their first overall pick at number six. He doesn't have to be the starter day one. They have a veteran offensive line. They added two all pros uh, this offseason to the offensive line to already go with Mike Pouncey, who's all pro center. They also have Keenan Allen, who's an all-pro wide receiver, and Derwin James, who's an all-pro defensive back. You add in Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma, to pair on that defense, get more athletic. They also got return specialist Joe Reed from Virginia. And a lot of times teams nowadays don't put as much emphasis on the special teams, but having depth, a guy who can help you on both special teams and um on every down basis is also a huge, huge um, plus for me. I just think that they managed their picks correctly. They took the best guy available at each and every slot. Um, overall, the talent was really spread out, but I think that the Chargers, in addition to what they did in the offseason, along with the six guys that they drafted, jo uh, Justin Herbert, Kenneth Murray, Joshua Kelly, Joe Reed, Aloha Galman out of uh, Notre Dame and KJ Hill out of Ohio State. Look those guys up. Those guys are all really, really good players. Um, they were solid. They didn't have to reach for any of their picks. Um, and they got three guys, really four guys that I think could have went within the first two rounds. Everybody can't say that they got four guys that could have went in the first two rounds out of their six picks. So my best draft goes to the L.A. Chargers. All right, folks, and last but not least, let's talk about the sleepers. 
Who are the guys that can make an impact that you might not hear anything about? I'm going to drop my favorite four sleeper picks and the teams that took them. Number one, the Cincinnati Bengals took an inside linebacker from Purdue named Marcus Bailey. He's an Ohio native, a playmaker. He was the best defender on Purdue's defense. I know people don't think about defense and Purdue. Um, this guy has second or third round production, uh, but he got injured last year. Um, he's returning from an ACL injury, but he is not a speed player. He's an instinctive player. He's a sure tackler. He's a big inside linebacker that's physical and really good at shedding blocks. Um, he will be a player for the Bengals. He is something that they were missing on the inside. Uh, they haven't really had a solid middle linebacker since Ray Malaluga. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for Marcus Bailey, inside linebacker, taken in the seventh round by the Cincinnati Bengals. My second sleeper pick, somebody that's really, really good. Go check his film out. The guy is a bullet. Linebacker Clay Johnston from Baylor. If you haven't paid attention to what Matt Rule did at Baylor the last couple of years, he turned that program around just like he did at Temple. His middle linebacker was Clay Johnston, and dude is a beast. Check him out. He was taken, I think, in the sixth round by the L.A. Rams. The dude will be a player. Check him out. Look at his highlights. Check his stats out. Look at the defense he played for in college. The dude is a beast. Absolute beast. Number four. My guy, guy I've been on for the last two years. Um, he was the last pick, pick of the, in the fourth round by the Las Vegas Raiders. That's cornerback Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech. He is a man corner who is not scared of anything. He um, manned up against LSU, manned up against University of Texas. Uh, basically, every team he played, he manned up against. Um, and teams paid for trying to take a shot at him. Going at Amik Robertson was not good. Guy had double-digit interceptions um, in his time at Louisiana Tech. He's a smaller corner, and he chose not to run at the NFL Combine, which is why he slipped all the way to the fourth round. But had he run and went anything sub 4-4, he definitely would have been uh, first day or second day uh, of the draft. So definitely check him out. He was drafted in the fourth round. Cornerback, he's going to be good in the slot. Um, really good. He can use him outside as well. Really good return guy. Very instinctive. Um, a lot of people consider him to be um, a, a smaller version of Tyron Matthew, uh, and that's big. That's big. Uh, that's, that's a big shout out right there. So, if you like how the Honey Badger play, you think he's one of the best in the league, you definitely want to check out Amik Robinson, my number three steal in the draft. And my last one is a guy that I mentioned earlier, James Poche, wide receiver from SMU check him out the guy has hands some of the best hands I've ever seen for a college receiver he doesn't get great separation but I mean it doesn't matter where the ball is this dude finds a way to catch it um he honestly reminds me of Antonio Brown uh with the kind of hands he has Antonio is a really good route runner he creates separation with his route running because he's not super duper fast this guy kind of reminds me of Antonio 
with the way he can contort his body to catch the ball. He's a hands catcher. Um, good in small spaces. Good when the ball is contested. Uh, definitely something that Baltimore needed to add to their offense. So, those are my four. James Poche, Amik Robertson, Clay Johnston, Marcus Bailey. Book it. These four guys. there you have it those are my four sleeper picks for the nfl draft i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode it was definitely a joy for me to get back on here and talk to you guys um i definitely want to hear from you guys i do believe that in order to make the best content it takes the people who are listening to chime in and let me know what you guys are thinking some of the ideas some of the base that you guys want to have you just want to get on here and kick it with your boy let me know peace out